going on, guys? Welcome back to another week. Week 20 of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. To begin tonight's episode, uh, we're going to update you guys on how our intramural playoff season went for softball. Uh, tough loss for the boys on Monday night. Uh, we do have two of our teammates actually in here in the studio with us to break down the game and talk about how it went. Uh, then we'll update you on how the Northeast of BC baseball season been playing as of late, um, along with Stellwagen softball's recent performance in last night's matchup with an A-division powerhouse in uh, Darcy's in the Quincy Men's Softball League. After that, we'll discuss the Celtics series of the Bucks and break down what they need to do in Game 3 to keep last night's momentum going. Then we will give our picks for the NHL playoffs and talk about Game 2 of the Bruins Hurricane Series, which starts at 7 p.m. At the end, we will recap the NFL draft and how the Patriots and Giants did. So, let's hop right into it. We got Christian Katuis and John Desuera here. Uh, two studs from the softball team. Christian, the uh, center fielder, and J.D., uh, catcher. Uh, what do you guys see out there on Monday night? Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it was obviously a tough loss for the boys, but I, I loved our heart. I loved our hustle. I mean, we went down 7-1 in the second inning. We fought our way back. We actually took a lead into the last inning, and just a couple of things didn't go our ways at the end. Mm-hmm. But I loved the way we fought, and the team we should have beat, they ended up winning the whole thing, so we'll definitely be back there next year, and I think we can. I think we can win it all. Yeah, we'll be back for sure. Um, yeah, definitely a couple of plays that were tough. Uh, a couple of people lost their glove out there. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, but we were close. We'll be back to it. Um, yeah, a tough game. I had mean, a lot of chances to get that third out. We had, yeah, we were up 10 to 7. Multiple, we had like five or six chances to get a third out. We just couldn't do it. JD, what did you see out there, kid? I saw, I saw nothing but exactly what you'd want to see from a group of guys who just have a love for the game, really. And when you put these guys together in a team and they just go out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, JD. Well, I think it means to say he likes the way we play and as a team and everyone goes out there and gives it their all, um, which I did see. Obviously, we had um, 10 guys, but we were we missed a couple of our starters. Peter started a lot of games last semester and then um, Dan obviously didn't have Dan Barron. So uh, we went with what we had. Obviously, it was a tough game, tough loss, but... Uh, there was a lot of grit, a lot of fight in the team, and that's kind of what we needed, um, especially going into next year. Now, senior year, we have two more chances in the fall and the spring. To try we only to need one, though. It's true. I only need this one mug. we got a big floor hockey season coming up, too. That's JD, right. the uh, superstar goalie. The comeback is real. We'll you figure know, out a way to get him out next year. we got a couple day. guys back that are abroad right now. I think they'll be big for us next year. Shout out right. BK Baller. Shout out BK yeah, Baller. Yeah, we missed BK. Doing his thing in Parma. Ryan Byrne. Ryan Byrne. Ryan Byrne. Ryan Byrne. we got a couple guys on the team that... Seemed like they didn't really want to be on the field, so. <laughs> we weren't really aware that they were supposed to be on the field. Come on, we are hosting Travis, yeah. if anyone's interested. Some kid brought the wrong glove out, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> Somehow he's getting cut. He's getting cut. We were actually yeah, up 10-7 when that happened, which is honestly impressive. We had a lead somehow with a kid that was using the wrong-handed glove, but we had a we had Yeah, a I don't think he ever only touched one ball on the field, but hey, it's all right. We gave it a good run, though, at least. Semi-finals, tough loss, 10 to. It was 10 to 7 us. We ended up losing the lead 10 10 and then lost 18 10 in extras. But the 18 didn't really show the score. It was a lot closer than that, especially since we had three outs, three chances to get the third out uh, up 10 7 with bases loaded and uh, just couldn't get it in the in the top of the seventh. It was uh, in the bottom of the seventh. Didn't get any big guys on base, neither in the bottom of the eighth either. We didn't get guys on base in either inning. So six up, six down in those innings. That's tough too. So it wasn't just defense at the end of the day, but defense would have closed the game had we got three outs. You know, yeah, I mean, it was close, but we do. Uh, we do have our captain, though, Christian Katsubis, in the studio. So just want to reiterate, he's been a star all year for us uh, in every sport. Football, he was going off. So. Yeah, locked it down in the field. Kids are going to work in every intramurals, uh, every, every single sport. So 
Uh, it's an honor to play alongside him. Uh, especially yeah, yeah. now we got BK Walker. We got some height coming back from basketball. Sure. Christian's our coach in basketball, too. So very versatile. He is Coach K, for sure. Uh, so looking forward to that. Obviously, floor hockey. We were close in that last uh, semester. So I'm seeing three or four rings next year. I really am. I'm Why seeing not? a lot. Softball, floor hockey, basketball. Shining like never before. Why not, There's right? a lot of kickball, maybe. <laughs> That's not happening, actually. I forget I said kickball. Um, but yeah, big mud volleyball game tomorrow, mudstock game for all of us. Uh, we hope it goes well. I mean, none of us play volleyball. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm great at volleyball, but no, I'm excited to get in the mud. I've been studying some tape. Why not? Yeah, yeah, JD's been watching really YouTube good. highlights. Right, JD? You ready? Mm-hmm. How to best be play in, in the mud, actually. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a completely right. different game from playing just normal volleyball. It is. Which is yeah, why we're, we're going to take it home. Feeling confident? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's the one that wants it the most is going to win. Seems like you want it pretty bad. You mm-hmm. and Will probably. Most people are studying volleyball. I've been studying mud. <laughs> See? Oh, okay. Uh, studying the surface. I like it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Hopefully the field conditions are good for JD tomorrow. Rain today probably is not going to help, actually. Um, probably muddy tomorrow. Honestly, probably worth a JD advantage. Yep. All over the place no one's taking that into account either. The rain on top of the mud, it's going to be our game for sure. How does that affect the mud? Did you study that much? I can't tell you. Is that a secret? So, yes. JD, are you guaranteeing that you're going to be there tomorrow? I- I'm calling it right now. I'm going to be there. Be ready. Wow. Feel the rain right. burn. Everyone come out tomorrow. It's going to be 65 degrees. Beautiful. Come watch us play some volleyball. 12-15. Yeah, 12-15 in the mod lot. Let's get it. 12-15. be a good game. Game time. We're favored to win, actually, right now. Minus mm. 110. Yeah. It's close, close in the odds, mm. but we're still favored. Yeah, we don't know who we're We've playing. We've never played as a team. We're favored anyway. We are favored very very lightly, though, right, J.D.? That's right. We got J.D. That's the reason we're favored. It's just a team of athletes. He flipped the uh, the odds there, the betting odds. J.D., now we're favored in the betting line. So, thank you, J.D., you beast. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> Uh, JD, big BC hockey fan. He came in actually earlier in the year. And I think yeah, I that, was the first, that was the first second um, week he came in. Came in. You guys so wanted to be back, and we listened. He'll <laughs> be back next year to talk yeah, some hockey. Plenty of fans calling back for him. Yeah, people do want you back talking some uh, BC hockey. Yeah, what were your thoughts on the season, by the way? I mean, we haven't caught up a few since uh, you were telling us your uh, three favorite people on the team. Jerry, Dopp, and remains. Nikita, right? Jerry, Dopp, and Nikita. Jerry retired. <laughs> The top's gone too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the key's the only one left, dude. <laughs> JD's injured. He'll be up for uh, 40 to 60 seconds. Too much laughter. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, we covered this before. Rough season for BC Hockey. And for JD. Uh, what else? What else do you want to talk about? Nikita's going to have to carry hard. But I think he can do it. Yeah, I agree. Do I mean, who are like our coaching options for next year? Who are our coaching yeah, options? Who do you want to coach next year? UMass Amherst go, uh, coach, huh? It's a chance of saying he could be in the running. I see you stepping up. Yeah, you want me to? Christian, real basketball coach. I don't know if I have that. It's similar, right? I, the soft skills translate. I, I know we saw that earlier, earlier and I didn't say anything about it, but I, I'm 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 going to challenge you for that role. Oh, yeah, like head coaching role, bench role, basketball. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a little bit of, in the Korak in. I don't know who's uh, taking over there. You were screaming at all of us. Who's your starting five? My starting five right now? Zach Cruz. Okay. It's the only locked position right now. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll take it. 
That's it. Yeah, I mean, holding it down. It's one person. That's it. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. I guess so to play hockey, right? That's all you need, JD, right? Yeah. One person. That's right. That's it. One stick. That's it. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then Semp in that. Semp in that. Shout out to my boy Semp. Always simping for Semp. Best goalie in college hockey. Pined out. Arizona Pined State. Out. True. And we'll give Eric Dopp the, the one there, and then we'll put him two, and then Levi's three. Devin Levi in third I like place. it. I like it. Why not? And then JD's fourth, so it's quite the list there. Dobbs, yeah, Sam, yeah, Levi, uh, John Desmarais. You should walk on. Yeah, he's, he's a beast. Yeah, he, I actually think he's good. Dog. Yeah, gee, I think you should yeah. try. Try out. Why not? Right. You I might well. have to. At the end of the day, why not? Right. Give it a shot. Get a shout out from Dob. <laughs> yeah, we could bring we could bring on the show as an actual BC hockey player. I know Dob Do- would give me a recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I bet he would. Yeah, I mean, I adopt. I think you know he'd always handed off the reins to a really good goalie in you, so I think he'd be a fan of it himself, actually. Uh, especially now, I mean, he's done. So I know who's going to take over from. It's going to be you. Someone else out Never there. got his autograph. Kind of disappointed about that. Man, I mean, I'm, I think he's still a student this semester until. Uh, you you know, might have to ask day. him for his autograph. I know. I need it. I want to get a signed stick from him. Yeah, you should, you should get a picture with him too, maybe. I actually have a picture with him. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. Why not? I've seen a picture with him. You should ask him on the air for that autograph right now. Eric Dopp, I know you're listening. We're your biggest fans over here at the playbook, so just just come by. I like it. Yeah, you it. Hopefully he yeah. This. I mean, he might be listening right now. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's BC Radio. We could be listening in, see uh, what people's opinions are on him, right? So we got some opinions on him here. You I hope he's listening in. I said, I hope he's listening in, though. It'd be a good thing having him listen in. Star goalie in college hockey. Uh, I'll text him tonight. Yeah, seriously. You got his number <laughs> or something? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. I love it. Good luck texting. I mean, maybe you can send him like, a pigeon mail or something. I don't know. Hey, you did DM him though once, though. Remember that? You DM'd him on Instagram. I did DM him. Oh. I know he responded to me back. He said, I love it. So. Oh. Hey, there you go. You got that. I do got that. Yeah, I printed out a picture of that, too. Framed it on my wall. Oh, you really are a picture. Why not? Huh? Yeah. Why not have him sign it? And then it's all good after that. So. Uh, yeah, that'd be even better to get a picture with him and he signed it. That'd be something. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to add or edit, JD? Thank you, Thank you so much for having us, Joey. Thank yeah. you guys for coming yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Appreciate no, I appreciate you guys coming on. That was a lot of fun. It's a pleasure. It is a pleasure, we'll be, truly. We'll be, back. we'll be back next year. All right. Talk some PC hockey and yes, some Ninja Miros. Sounds Why not, good. right? Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it, boys. Go Pleasure. Eagles. Go Eagles. Yeah, go Eagles. Go JD, right? Come on, dude. Go Giants. Go Giants is right. We'll get into that later. I'll see you, boys. See you guys. All right, let's uh, keep going with it. That was quite the uh, first opening 10, 15 minutes. But uh, let's get back into it. So uh, do you want to go into Northeastern baseball, BC baseball? Yeah. Uh, so Northeast Baseball just swept Towson on this past weekend at home. Now the seven eight in uh, CAA play. Um, not as good obviously as last year. Last year they went on a huge run the second half of the season. This year it's uh, wasn't there really for the whole part of the season because of injuries and stuff. But uh, the back on now just swept Towson. Uh, great to see the return of Corey D. Loretto on the lineup. Northeast has been missing his bat heavily in the lineup now uh, for the past few weeks. He's been back now for the last four or five games or so, but he's battling an injury after a spectacular uh, sports center grab he had about two or three weeks ago now at home. He had a great play, made the play, but also hurt himself. Um, 
Uh, he got the offense going on Friday, started the game hard with an RBI single in the first inning against Towson. Um, Northeastern was 3-5 and five without him uh, when he was hurt. Now they're 4-1 with him back in the lineup. So it's obviously great to have him back. Um, I love watching him play, Mike Sirota play. I cover both of them a ton on this show. I'm a big fan of both players. Both of their dads, great guys too. I love talking to Coach Rob DiLoretto at every Northeastern baseball game I'm at. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to him always. Um, but both Sirota and DiLoretto being hurt at the same time. Uh, it was a brutal blow for this Huskies team. Sirota's still out. DiLoretto's back, obviously. But um, with both of those guys missing seven games, you can only imagine what they could do if both of them were healthy. Um, they're both second on the team, tied the second on the team in the RBIs with 20 right now. So you can only imagine the amount of damage they could do if both of them were healthy um, at the same time for most of the season. They missed seven games, you know, just about two of them or three of them overlapped. So there were four games you didn't have uh, either of them in the lineup, which is tough. So uh, tough to not have either of them, but... Uh, Jeff Costello, he's been 8-20 in the last five games. Three runs scored and two RBIs in Sunday's win. Uh, Max Vieira's been hot of late. He had a great season last year, been struggling um, a little this season. He was 4-9 of nine with six runs and two RBIs in the weekend series against Towson. He's 16-17 on the year in stolen bases. He gets to second base always if he's on first. He steals every time. Uh, great run, a great sprinter. Uh, freshman uh, Luke Basic's been hitting well. He started the last 11 games. He's 11-38. for 38. He was 4-10 of 10 in this weekend series with four RBIs. Um, then shortstop Spencer Smith with sensation on the field with his glove all year. Um, had a wild full extension uh, diving play in between third and shortstop uh, on uh, Saturday. It was um, got up <clears throat> into a rocket over to first base, caught the guy out. He's been hitting great. He's 19 to 58 uh, in his last 16 games, hit 327. Um, and then JP Elson, it's not often you have a catcher that's uh, really good defensively and offensively, but he's at stellar at the plate, 7 to 9, 7 4 9 in his last four games, had a triple. Um, he's got three RBIs, five runs, and a stolen base um, in his last four games. Uh, he's got eight stolen bases on the year, so he can take bases, which is great. Um, and then I was also talking to the dad of a Towson pitcher. Um, I was talking to Don Ballas' dad. Pleasure talking with you, Ken. I sent him the link to the show and told him he's always welcome to come on and talk some sports. I'd love to have him on one day. Um, but his son has all the tools. I'll be rooting for uh, Towson and his son. I would follow along, uh, them along with the rest of their season. Um, he did put his prediction in for the NHL playoffs. Uh, or just the first round. He had Washington being swept. He's a Capitals fan, but he had Washington being swept by the Florida Panthers. I told him I mentioned it for him. Uh, I mean, that's not a bad prediction. He's a Caps fan, though. I think, that's unreal. I think you could steal a game just because of how good Ovechkin is. If you can keep them uh, you know, to one goal, I think Ovechkin can throw one or two and uh, give them a lead. But um, he had them being swept, unfortunately. But uh, Ken, it was a pleasure talking to you, as I said. Uh, talked to him on Friday, Saturday. Talked football, uh, baseball, hockey. We talked everything. I was hoping we get wow. him on the show at some point soon. Yeah, for um, sure. BC Baseball took one game last weekend um, against Notre Dame. Notre Dame was number 18 in the country that, at the start of the series. Uh, BC took them uh, down in game one, 7-4. Barry Washington's fifth home run of the season. He's been playing well, um, the better of the last two or three games. Uh, BC lost, actually, one game I want to talk about was game three. They lost 16-10. to 10. They had 15 hits. So they out-hit them, Notre Dame, with 15 hits. But they had four errors, and that's just unacceptable. You can't have four errors, especially yeah, as a Division I baseball team. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Parker Landwehr, though, was 3-3 three three in the game, three RBIs and two walks. He got a base five out of five times, which is really impressive. Wow. Um, yeah, good for him. He's been playing well. Um, yesterday, BC did beat Brian at home, 5-1. to one. Travis Honeyman's continued to stay hot. He was 2-3. of three. Um, And the pitching staff had 14 strikeouts and only allowed four hits. John West went uh, two and two-thirds innings, and Max Skeeg went 1.1 innings. Uh, Gee got three strikeouts and got the win. Um, they pitched really well. Um, I know Evan Moore also pitched, I think, later in the game, 1.2 innings, and he got three strikeouts. So, Pitchers now pitched great, only four hits allowed. Um, great to get a uh, midweek victory, especially with mm-hmm. BC have been struggling on the year in games, besides the midweek games. So, th- 
them adding on another win in the midweek uh, part of the schedule was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's big. I mean, I just want to say, too, I was watching that game uh, Saturday. I think I started at noon against Notre Dame. That was brutal. Like, you know, eight runs in the first inning. It was eight out at the end of the first already. Uh, right off the bat, there was just errors left and right. There were foul balls that weren't being caught. It was just hard to watch, to be completely honest. So, I mean, if you can't even, um, you know, stop foul balls from hitting the grass, then it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, it's hard. I guys mean, that weren't really hustling, uh, you know, guys not tracking the ball down properly. I mean, that's the it was a little windy, but it's the opposite of what I, lo- what I like in a team. I always want my guys hustling. Um, speaking of hustling, last night Stellwig and softball. I told them I'd cover this uh, for them last night. Tough loss, as I said, we're facing the A Division champions. I believe of last year, Dossies, very good team. The Quincy, excuse me, <clears throat> the Quincy Men's Softball League, <clears throat> and uh, we found ourselves down fourteen to two after the first two innings. Facing the reigning champions, it's easy to get down on ourselves and give up. Most teams are probably just quit and not care to play anymore, but not us. Um, I was telling them, let's just chip away, get three outs, get out of the inning, and get back up uh, to the plate and get guys on base. Everything starts with getting guys on base and getting three outs. That's the name of baseball. It's the name of the softball. Of softball, both games, you need to get outs, and then you need to get guys on base. Offense and defense, it needs to be collective. So obviously us being down 14-2 to two after the first two innings, that was a rough start to the game. Or I think it was 14-1, to one actually, after the first two. 14-2 after the first two. Um, anyways, no, it was 14-1 to one after the first two innings. Um, in the final five innings of the game, though, the third inning through the seventh inning, uh, we did outscore them 18-8. to eight. The final score was 22-19, so it was a football score, very high scoring. Um, we had bases loaded with two guys out. That's pretty impressive for your team. I mean, we were there. That's a good comeback. We were there. I mean, we had bases loaded with two outcome. outs. Bases loaded two outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Lead run at the plate, tying run at first, um, bottom of the seventh, as I said. Um, we made it really close, proud of the fight and the grit of the team. Uh, I know a couple of guys on the team shouted out last night to me that they said um, they didn't know I was a big L.A. Clippers fan. And I actually would compare our team last night. The grit we showed in the fight was very similar to the Clippers. The Clippers never give up. They, they came back down 35 this year, 32 this year. They had 13 victories, down 12 or more this season, which was the most in the NBA. I would compare our play last night to the Clippers. We were down, could have given up down 14-2, just like the Clippers could have given up down 35 to the Wizards. We didn't, came back, got the win, just like the Clippers. Um, we didn't get the win. Excuse me. We won the last five innings, what I meant to say. The Clippers actually won the game. We won the last five innings. Um, and obviously, I hope that momentum uh, shifts into tonight's game. They had a game at 745. Um, not sure if any of them listening right now. I told them if they were to be, I'd love to have one of them come on and update us um, at some point during the show. Um, really quick, just want to run down some of the stats. So after three innings, we were down 18-5. But after that, we outscored them 14-4. to um, Really impressive. Uh, Sean McKenna was a stud was a stud at the leadoff spot in uh, Harry Braga's absence. Harry Braga went to the Celtics game. He's been our leadoff hitter all year. Um, he actually lost his spot as leadoff tonight. Uh, Sean McKenna staying at leadoff because how great he was last night. He was on base five times. Uh, one time, but I failed his choice. I guess six times he was on base five times cleanly with four hits and a walk. Um, he scored two runs and had at least three or four RBIs off the top of my head. Um, I was hit second in the lineup. Uh, I went four or six, had two RBIs, scored two or three runs. Um, Chris Mad Dog McKenna, the captain of the team, the coach, um, hit a missile of a double um, that I should have scored on, only got to third base. He deserved an RBI there. Um, he also got a base with a walk. Um, he played really well the last two or three innings in the outfields. Everyone got really crisp in the last two or three innings in the outfields and in, in, in the infields, both uh, collectively. That's what we needed. Kyle Camp, the ace, had five hits actually on the night, four singles and a double. I believe he was five of six. Um, he had a double in the seventh inning to lead off the inning. I mean, put pressure on Dossies. He also scored and uh, reached home play three times. Mully was back in the lineup last night. As I always say, a pleasure playing with him when he's at first base. Um, you can just throw the ball anywhere in his direction. 
typically makes the play always, uh, always stretches to, tries to uh, get every single inch he can to get the out. Um, he had a great game defensively as always. He had three huge hits last night. He played really well. Hinkley added three hits. Um, nice always playing with him um, as well. He's playing third base um, in the last few minutes of the game since Matt, who I'll get into a little bit uh, in a second, uh, hurt his ankle. He shifted over to second. Hinkley went over to third. So he's a utility guy. can play second or third. Back in the lineup tonight playing second. Uh, Matt, who had a huge catch of foul territory in the fourth inning, put everything he had on the line for it. Um, actually rolled his ankle, made an unreal play, uh, got us out of the inning. We dominated after that point. It gave us some momentum, some energy. We outscored Dossies 12-2 after that point um, in the last three innings. Even with the rolled ankle, he and I turned the first double play of the season for Stellweg and uh, first one of the season we turned in the fifth inning. I know me and Steve, a- Steve Abrams were close at one point. Uh, we couldn't get it done. We had one or two close ones, me and Steve, but me and Matt did turn it once very cleanly, too. It was great. Uh, Matt had two singles and got on with the walk. Danny Danger, who I'm actually going to show his postgame interview in a second, uh, got on base three times, two nice singles. Um, Dave O'McKenna was four or five at the dish, um, scored two runs, and he's been hitting great all season, um, which I tell him after every game, trying to get his confidence up. He's been playing great all year, hitting-wise. Um, we missed Stevie, Stevie Abrams and Harry Brogger on the lineup uh, last night, but the boys fought hard without them. Very proud of that. Uh, hey, how about you? Talk about your own performance a little bit. Uh, I was four, four or six last oh, night. Oh, come I on. Mean, Those are beast numbers. I'll take, I mean, I, four or six I'll take for sure. I wish we got the win, obviously. Couldn't yeah, couldn't eat that hand. out, unfortunately. But I'll take four or six all day, obviously. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I just want to win games. Like, even in our games at BC, um, and I know Stellweg, and uh, two weeks ago I made two or three diving plays, you know, one diving forward for a line drive, one up the middle, getting up and throwing the ball to first, and they were all saying, like, you know, you had an unreal game, you were MVP, and we won that game. So I said, all I want was the win. The offense is what won the game. We scored 15 runs. Aussie for us, too, in, in, in BC. Um, it's a collective game, obviously. So uh, I think I feel like I went on Monday night. Um, we didn't get the win, so it wasn't good enough, I guess, to get the win. But they got right. on base one or two times. Um, hit one over the left, left field his head last night in a Monday night. Hit a rocket over the left field his head. And both times the left fielder just went Jackie Bradley. He was like running backwards and somehow just put the glove up in front of his face and just caught it on Just made a crazy He wasn't catch. even looking at the ball. It was just nuts. That was, was last kind of night. Like his glove was in the right place at the right time. That was last night, too. It was nonsense, uh, the amount of plays that uh, that guy mm-hmm. left him. Yeah, that team he played in softball and Arlington really, too, is nuts. They had a kid that quit the BC baseball team. Uh, he hit a rocket on extra innings. And I think that was a grand slam that he hit. Yeah, uh, the two or three kids. club baseball kids. I mean, yeah, two we fought well with them. Had that game in the bag, bottom of the seventh. Uh, Just couldn't get the three outs. I mean, we had mm-hmm. in the game Monday night BC and Rose, we had at least five, four or five chances with two outs. I'm, I don't know if anything was in my general direction. I just wanted to make the play and get the out because at the end of the day, it's you know if you can get the out, you want the out. There was a play that came at me. I dove. I thought we were going to have it at that point. Ozzy didn't get it. We had a couple plays um, in the infield. We couldn't get it done. Um, the outfield really didn't have too many chances in that last inning. It was just infield that had chances, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we got that out the play. I mean, that diving plane. Trying to yeah, get that was there. a nice snag. It would have been nice to get the game over there. I thought we kind of had it at that point. Mm-hmm. Once I had it, I was on my chest, threw it from my chest uh, after full extension. I thought we had that. Um, I obviously have anything in my general direction. Yeah, that, that was a big time hustle play. I thought that um, was it too, to be completely honest. We, we honestly got close. That's the thing. Uh, but I would say, if anything's in my general direction, I want to make the play. And even if it doesn't go to the statue as an error, in my eyes, um, if anything's in my direction, I have a chance at it. And if I don't make the play, it's an error. Even if it doesn't go on the statue, it's an error. Even if I have a chance of getting it, I know I can. Got to make the play. Um, that play wasn't an error. Yeah, but I'm too. just saying, like, I was trying to dive and make plays. I mean, speaking of that last night, Stellwagen going to the bottom of the fifth. The score was 20 to 5. Um, we needed one run to keep the game going, actually, um, to not force a, a forfeit. 
Um, and the guys, some of the guys on the team wanted to get out. They wanted to call it a day saying, you know, the guys just strike out, get out. And I said, let's keep fighting. I said, why not? Let's chip away. Everyone said, you know, a couple guys on the team were saying, you know, they won last year. Dossie's won. I said, you know, what's the difference? We're on the same field as them. Right now, I mean, we're all on the same field. We tie our shoes the same. We, you know, we're all, we, we have 10 guys on the field. They only had nine guys, which is an advantage for us technically, but they were great. They three outfielders. Um, mm-hmm. But we're all on the same field, playing in the same game, playing with the same rules. Let's just keep fighting. Let's keep chipping away. Um, and actually going into the bottom of the fifth, we just needed one run, as I said. It was bases loaded, two outs. Sean McKenna getting up, realizing we had three straight singles and said, I'm going to hit these two guys in. Huge single into center field. Then I get up, had another RBI single uh, through the gap between, I believe, second and uh, shortstop. So right at the middle again. Uh, two RBI singles by me and him in that fifth thing to keep the game going. Then after that, we just took over. We took over. We lost 22-19. to 19, But I'm really proud of how this team fought. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they finish um, the rest of the season, obviously, which I know we only have probably one more uh, show in the studio maybe next week. Um, but mm-hmm. I'll hopefully uh, be able maybe to we'll get some uh, surprise episodes in over the summer. We'll see, obviously, yeah. Um, Depends how, uh, you know, everything is going on with the Celtics and Bruins. Yeah, true. We have to get something out, especially if the Celtics made a deep run. Yeah, not the Red Sox. Know. Won't be the Red Sox. But, uh, yeah, probably not. Really, really quick, um, want to just give uh, uh play Danny Danger. Um, he's a utility, utility player on our team, played right field last night. He's catch, He catches a lot of the time, too. He has great connection with our stud uh, pitcher, Kyle Camp, who we featured last week or two weeks ago now on the show. Um, this is a post-game interview. Break it down how he thinks the game went. have it, Danny Danger, stud player on the Stellwagen softball team. A pleasure being able to talk to him after the game. I know he was psyched to be able to come onto the show. Um, and it was by popular demand. I had at least two or three people say they wanted Danny Danger as the post-game interview. So I'm happy we could get that done. Um, and obviously, even though we didn't win the game, uh, he had a great attitude saying uh, the championship's only three months away. And we just, the team we played, uh, Darcy's, they didn't give up 19 runs already. He had an A team, uh, A division team. So us scoring 19 was really impressive. Um, so I'm really proud of that. Proud of how hard the boys fought and really can't wait to see how we do in the rest of the season. Wish the best of luck at 745 tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully yeah, we get luck. something going, get a win going there. Um, moving on, uh, Celtics-Bruins, NFL draft, where do you want to go? Yeah, let's go right into the Celtics. I mean, two crazy games uh, the last couple of days. Really, I mean, two completely different games. Um, obviously, it's been um, quite the wild postseason, so yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, yeah, it was huge win. Um, huge win, obviously, last night. Game one was a tough one. Um, I was actually at the Northeastern baseball game, so um, I only got to watch um, probably the first quarter or two of the walk there, just about. Um, and then the fourth quarter, I think I turned it off and they're already down. I, think, I don't even think I really even watched the fourth quarter and they're already down. But um, 
first game, it's always it's obviously a four game series, so you have to bounce back in game two. And obviously Celtics did that last night. Um, Jalen Brown probably the best. Uh, playoff game of his career. He was unreal. Um, mm-hmm. I said before, started ton of crazy, like eight for eight, nine for nine. Yeah, he was great. He was great, especially in the first half. He was he was ridiculous. electric. I think he had twenty four in the first half. Uh, yeah, he, he was really awesome. willed that team to pull it to a twenty point lead at halftime. That was awesome. He was electric out there. Um, that's what that's what they're going to need. The Celtics. They want to win. Obviously, Tatum and uh, and uh, Jalen both have to be on. Jalen at thirty. I think Tatum at twenty nine. If I remember right, um, one at thirty, yeah. one at twenty nine. Yeah, Jalen at thirty. 59 combined, obviously, which is unreal. Um, and that's the thing. The, the Celtics, they're going to win games. You need both guys to be on. You need your bench playing well. Um, Giannis got to the rim at will in game one. Um, so game two, obviously, you had to slow him down. That must have been the game plan going in. Mm-hmm. Um, we started hot on offense. Jalen Brown had only 12 points in all of game one. He had 14 points with two minutes to play um, left in the first quarter. So in just 10 minutes of action, he mm-hmm. had 14 points. Yeah, he started hot Stayed hot the um, entire game. Grant Williams had eight points right away in four minutes yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the best player for the first four minutes of the game. For the yeah, I mean, he had 21 points on six or nine shooting from three yeah, he was uh, great. the whole game. He's been, I mean, I said it in uh, the last episode that we talked about the Celtics. He's been the most important player to this team, especially defensively, too, in this series. Um, you know, him being the guy to guard Giannis, he's really stepped up and actually, you know, held Giannis. Um, you know, to a lower field goal shooting uh, percentage. Giannis being 11 of 27 last game. That's really good, especially for a team that has been criticized so long for their interior defense. Um, going up against someone like Giannis, it's um, really nice to see us have a guy like Grant Williams step up uh, defensively You know, against probably the best interior scorer in the league. Absolutely. Um, and Jamie Brown, I mean, that first quarter was electric. 17 points, 86%. He was shooting from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, and 2 uh, of two, 2 from the free throw line. Free throws are huge in the playoffs. They're huge in every game. I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lost art. Just like stealing bases in the baseball, bunting in baseball is kind of a lost art. Free throws in basketball is a lost art. Um, so I'm happy Celtics hit some free throws on the last last game yesterday. Um, and obviously Jalen being 86% from the field in the first uh, quarter was huge. 17 points right away. And he only had 12 in game one, as I said. So having him be locked in, that was huge for this team. Uh, some of the Celtics mm-hmm. really needed. Um, in the first quarter, I mean, yeah, Grant had six points. Um, Celtics were leading by 11 after one. Uh, Drew Holiday was really all the bucks we had in the first quarter yesterday with seven points. Um, they were 40% from the field. The Bucks two of seven from three. The Celts uh, mm-hmm. were a six of eight from three action in the first quarter. So yeah, hot start for started us. Started hot. We needed that after losing game mm-hmm. one. I mean, they've been leaving guys open. They've huge. been trying to uh, focus on you know providing support like uh, against guys like Tatum and Brown, and then you know leaving shooters open from three. So they're gonna have to make adjustments defensively uh, in games three and four. And I definitely think um, they're gonna start defending the perimeter more. And it's up to you know Ema and the team to also counter that. And we'll see what happens because I'm excited. We've been shooting a ton of threes in game one and two. I think we. Attempted fifty something threes in game yeah, one, and then forty three last game, which is a ton. And we actually were hitting them last game. We shot forty six point five percent from three. Which uh, is impressive. So that is really impressive. Um, but I mean, we got a team full of shooters, so I really don't mind seeing us shoot you know forty fifty threes a game if we're actually hitting them. Because um, I mean, Tatum was on last game. Brown was on. Needed. Grant Williams was really on for deep. Pritchard, per usual, was on. Definitely didn't need that. So um, yeah. glad to see the outside shooting come together. I mean, they they got um, at this point I expected from this team. Um, Tatum and Brown were brutal in Game One. Ten of thirty-one combined from the uh, field with uh, ten turnovers combined. Um, so they really need to recover and and have a big game too. That was huge. Obviously, with Marcus Smart being out too, um, he didn't play too well at all in Game One really. But um, 
he did obviously he always gives it his all. He really hustles a lot, and he did do a lot for the Celtics defensively um, last series. So losing him obviously was a big loss. So someone had to step up defensively last night. Um, hopefully he's back soon. We can really use him. Uh, but no one really played well in game one at all for the Celtics. So I'm really happy game two. No, yeah, there was no I don't think anyone had a good game in game one. I, I couldn't. I can't think of one no, guy. I don't think so either. I think um, who was all right. Uh, give me a second. I'm trying to think. Robert Williams, I mean, he was three to six on the floor with six points and eight rebounds. Yeah, he was blocks. solid. No one really shot best. that well. I mean, I think Tatum was really in a score, but twenty-seven. Even then, it was nothing special. Um, twenty-eight made field goals. Yeah, twenty-eight made field goals for the team. Yeah, no one stood out looking at the box score right now. I mean, no one was impressed with there. No one was shooting well. Um, it's just a tough team game. I mean, the defense was actually really good that game though too. Uh, holding the box to one-on-one is a good thing. I mean, regardless of the way you look at it. Um, but you know, scoring 89 points will never cut it in today's NBA. It's just not enough, especially for a team with the offensive firepower like the Celtics. Um, I mean, we expect better, and we did get better, so I can't complain here. Um, definitely got to look forward to Game Three and Four. Definitely have to steal one on the road at least, though, ideally two, um, for us to be feeling good with the series. But um, definitely want to take one because uh, I mean, three one is going to be real tough against this Bucks team. Yeah, you need to take at least one of those games. Uh, obviously, we're talking about stars uh, going cold. Obviously, Jalen and uh, Jason Tatum were very cold in game one. Last night, uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry combined 16 of 44 from the field, uh, 5 of 23 from three together. Um, so, even the two best shooters, the best shooter doing the NBA, uh, both get colds in the playoffs. Uh, I guess it just happens naturally. At the end of the day, um, shoot is shoot. And even if they're 16 of 44, I'm still going to take both of them shooting threes. So, I guess that's how Celtics are shooting more. I guess it kind of helped. Um, shooting, I guess, more con- uh, confidently. I think that's what helped mm-hmm. us in Stellwagen last night. Hitting confidently, um, you gotta just mm-hmm. play confidently. Yeah, you gotta believe you can win the game before you go out there. Yeah, you never absolutely. Win if you don't believe in yourself. Uh, Bruins now a just down one sport in that team. Damn, Bruins just gave a goal. That's tough. Two minutes ago now, but Jesper Fast got his uh, snap. It's a mm-hmm. snapshot goal. I don't know what that means. I didn't see it. It's like a um, kind of hybrid of a wrist and a okay, snapshot. Yeah. Um, Bruins do have a power play right now, six on five, um, which is huge. So hopefully, you can get something going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, gotta take advantage here. Um, I mean, tough game one. Losing 5-1 uh, to the Hurricanes team. I thought that game would be a lot closer. They just looked sluggish and was coming right out of the gates. We were talking about in the first five minutes. They just looked like they didn't really want to be there. And, you know, Carolina was buzzing around, always on dive, uh, getting on top of loose pucks. Um, I mean, they, they really controlled it and stayed in their zone for the majority of that first period. And from then on, they just held all the momentum, it seemed like. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, the Bruins did have 36 shots on goal, so it's kind of like BC and the Bean Park against Northeast, and BC got 43 shots on goal in Semp, um, and, you know, Semp just played on rail, um, which we've obviously covered, and obviously in game one, the Bruins get 36 shots. That's really good. I mean, you can't really ask for too much more there, um, but Ronta, their goalie on, on the Hurricanes, he played really well in Frederick Anderson's absence, um, which was huge uh, for them having a backup goalie step up. Uh, Ronta's been hurt. Um, too. He actually just got hurt, actually. Wow, just as I was talking about him getting hurt this year, just getting notification, he exits game two after a big collision uh, with David Pasternak. So, I was going to say, he's, he's oh, been wow. hurt off and on, I guess. I heard all year. Yeah, Pasternak um, did get a penalty for interference, so I wonder if that's what it was. Might have been. Who knows? I mean, Ronta played great in game one. Probably. 35 saves on 36 shots, 97 save percentage. Um, Almach didn't have too great of a game. 20 saves and 24 shots. Um, you know, we did give them power play shots. Um, which was tough. The Bruins are really struggling on the power play. Um, neither team did score on the power play. There were six power plays last game, three pieces, three uh, apiece, and neither team got a goal on that. Um, the Bruins got dominated in the face-offs, 57% in the first game. Uh, so tonight, hopefully that's something they improve on. With Ronta being hurt, I'm not sure who the backup is with uh, with Frederick Anderson being out. Uh, that's a big loss. 
um, especially considering the fact that Runt has been hurt a lot off and on all year. Um, so whoever this backup is, I'm sure they were preparing, you know, just in case he were to get hurt in the playoffs. Um, and now mm-hmm. with Bruins being down one yeah. nothing, uh, I guess you got to take advantage. Uh, Kochevik, Kochakov, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Uh, Kochakov, I think. Kochakov, maybe. Uh, not sure how to pronounce this. I'm sorry. Kochakov. Sorry yeah. for the pronunciation. Um, but anyways, uh, Bruins have to take advantage of that. Still 547 left in the first period. Um, you really need shots to go from your best players. Last game, Tail Hall got a goal. Obviously, something we've talked about uh, with Mike Curley, the sports guru, is he doesn't shoot too much. Tail Hall just likes to be a facilitator, doesn't want to shoot often. Um, but in the highlights, I saw because I did miss his goal. I think we had softball uh, when he did score. We, when I yeah, checked, it was 3 1. In that game. Um, we won that night, didn't we? Or that Sunday? Uh, I think it was Monday night. Was it Monday night? We won, didn't we? It was Monday night. We lost, though, 5 1. Yeah, yeah we, lost, we, lost, so, we, we lost, lost softball both. and. Uh, we lost actually. Never mind. Um, but Taylor Hall did have a goal. Happy to see him get more shots on goal. Um, that's something the Bruins need. Um, he did a four shots a goal in game one. Uh, where you struggle, though, is obviously power plays, and the Bruins just haven't been able to get anything going on special teams all year. Stopping uh, the Hurricanes three times uh, with power plays was huge. But then again, at the end of the day, the, uh, when we have power plays, uh, the Hurricanes are 88% on the year on uh, penalty kills, which is nuts. That's elite. Uh, I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. seen a team better than wow. that in my that's lifetime. That's impressive, yeah. Jeez. Um, so they played really well defensively. Uh, the Bruins just couldn't control the puck in the first five to ten minutes of the game we saw before. Uh, we left a softball, losing the puck in the zone a ton. We got a couple power play shots. Not too many, like, good ones, though. We tried to set it up too much with Pasta, Bergey, Marshawn, McAvoy. Uh, I think Hall and Coyle both were in there at one point. But we tried to set it up too much, and that's the problem. And then, you know, you're trying to hit it into the zone, and it ends up getting intercepted and sent down the ice or two-on-one, uh, you know, uh, the Hurricanes were kind of all over us in the first five to ten minutes. Hits-wise, though, uh, the Bruins, you know, weren't too far behind 48-42. It was a very physical game, uh, which that's what playoff hockey is. It's always mm-hmm. going to be physical. Hopefully the Bruins can recover tonight, get a win. Uh, winning one on the road would be huge. Going to Friday, being 1-1, having it be a home game at 7 o'clock at the TD Garden would be huge. The Bruins just gave up a goal. So 2 nothing now. Um, that's a mismatch, too. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, 2 nothing. That makes it real tough. Very tough to be first down 2 nothing. Still too, jeez. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, though, it is a four-game. you got to win four-game, seven-game series. So can't give up too much after, you know, just a not even a period of hockey here. But it uh, seems like Swayman probably is going to get his chance to come in at this point. Omar gave up two goals already in the first five shots he mm-hmm. faced. First six shots. Yeah, oh, another deflection, shots. Another deflection. Yeah, we have defense got to be better. Goal attendance got to be better. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed, um, you know, to Brandon Swayman. I'm a big fan of him. Um, and then, I mean, Omar... Giving up five goals game one and now two goals off the bat. We haven't been watching tonight, but yeah, I mean, goals, I think you have four last game. One of them was an empty. Yeah, one of them was an empty. You're right. We got four um, at one point. We just and then it's still just been a top star from the playoffs. So I really wouldn't be opposed to starting Swayman at this point. Um, we might as well mix we it up. Go for. I'm a big fan of Swayman anyway, so um, I wouldn't be upset regardless if we brought him out to start. Why not mix it up? Right at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, something's not working. as well. I don't see why not. Right, so. Yeah, seriously. Um, anything else you want to add about Celtics? We'll get into some uh, NFL draft, which is obviously huge. Um, and then maybe some Red Sox too at the end. Who knows? But anything else you want to add? Um, I'm gonna. Get, I'll give my prediction for the uh, rest of the Celtics series. Um, I know last week on the show I said changed my prediction to Celtics in five. Um, you know, got a little excited. It was seven yeah. was originally mine. It was um, seven. But I'm gonna take. The next two games in Milwaukee, I'm saying they're going to split. I think both of them are going to be real close regardless. Um, but I just see the Celtics have another poor shooting, especially if the Bucs continue to leave them open from deep. 
I bet one night they're going to get hot, and the other night uh, it won't be as much. I bet they're going to come back into Boston for Game 5, series tied up. Uh, and then I got them taking those next two games, one in Boston, one in Milwaukee, and then winning this series in six. I just don't think um, Milwaukee's deep enough. Uh, they don't have enough talent to hang with the Celtics team, especially with Chris Middleton. Wait, Giannis with Giannis Middleton. in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the way Grant Williams and Rob Williams have been uh, playing defense on him and limiting Game one, he was getting there at will, though. That's the thing. I mean, game two. Mm-hmm. I but you make adjustments, and then, I mean, I think game one is stop. a huge wake up call coming from playing the Nets. So realistically, I mean, Katie and Kyrie are great players, but defensively, it's nothing special. And that Nets team overall is nothing special defensively. And I think coming up against a Bucks team that plays way harder defense and um, is a lot more physically dominant of a team, um, both offensively and defensively, uh, it was really a wake up call for the Celtics. And I think that's what they needed just to get that out of their system in game one. Uh, and I don't see a game that bad coming for the rest of the series. I think everything else will be close, kind of similar to the Nets series. Um, I just don't see the Bucks winning any more than one more game in this series at this point. I think um, seven. Considering the way that they looked in game two and the way that we looked. Uh, I mean, I think... After we got to make adjustments for the first time. I think the Celtics are going to have another cold night at some point. I think the Bucks will be on their A game at some point, too. I think it's going to... I mean, That's what I'm saying, too. Just I, I, got game, I got just one game. I got just one game. stay on. Um, I don't think they're going to shoot that. I, I don't see Jalen Brown. We weren't even that on, though. We still only put up 109 points for the game. We both first half, I'm talking, though. More I mean, the Bucks kind of gave up to it towards the end. Of it. They did make a little bit of run. Like, in the third quarter, they all uh, Yeah, they made a run in the um, third quarter. But, but still, like, I mean, still they hung on pretty well. Or 20 or whatever it was. So mm-hmm. Down 25 at half, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it wasn't really like... They had, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big momentum shift for us, though. I mean, when this team gets hot, it's really hard to stop us. So I'm feeling really good with the rest of the series right now, actually. I'll go Celtics seven. Um, I do think Giannis, even though he played better against him last game uh, yesterday, I do think he's impossible to stop in the open uh, open floor. Him driving down the lane, which he really struggled in game one. He got to the rim at will, um, and he body Tatum in game one. That was he told Tatum what was good there on that play, and that, that's what I worry about having him be having an ISO against Tatum. Any of them uh, when we have help defense, I think it really helps against them. But him one on one ISO in the corner, and he just. Uh, Daddy Tatum and went right around because Tatum was used to cover Durant obviously last series. Um, Durant has no well, muscle. Well, Tatum's a way better matchup for Durant. I mean, yeah, no, no. I mean, there's Giannis probably the ten stop. guys in this league that are a good matchup for Giannis. And actually, luckily, Grant Williams is one of them right now in my eyes. So I don't want anyone covering him one on one at ISO. Though I don't think anyone really can stop him at ISO, um, which th- that would be a problem for the Celtics. I think if they you just need uh, someone that has the, the build to do it. And I think the only more. two guys on our team that actually have the build are Grant Williams and Rob Williams. Uh, both athletically in terms of you know size and weight. Yeah, I mean it's still tough to stay with the whole thing. That's why I think I'm going to take the South in seven. He's still going to get his, but it's just about limiting him at this point. Yeah, I mean he got his game one. The same thing. You know he's going to get 20, 30 points at least. But you just got to uh, figure out how to contain it. I'll take the South in seven. I think they split um, here, and then I think each team wins their home games five, six, and seven. I think the South can win game seven at home uh, would be huge, obviously, especially since. Uh, being down 0-1, it could have been a lot worse. Now recovering, now it's a new series uh, with it being 1-1. So see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'll take South and Yeah, it's really anyone's game going um, forward. We'll see how it goes. My original prediction, I did think I, I do think I had the Bucks versus the Suns. Well, not Suns, excuse me. Bucks versus the Warriors is my original prediction of the NBA Finals um, before the uh, round one started. Um, and uh, right now, I, I think the Warriors, even though they lost last night, I don't think you're going to see 16-44 from Steph and Clay again. I think they're looking good in the West. Um, mm-hmm. I take them to still win the West. Um, even though Memphis played really hard against them last night. Memphis played really physical, um, played really hard, and that's something the Warriors probably weren't really too accustomed to um, last series, uh, at least that hard. I mean, Draymond never gets really bodied, and 
they got elbowed in the face mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, they're getting under our skin a little bit too. And yeah. Draymond got ejected and was flipping out the fans. I mean, that doesn't happen. It's often, tough to do. Yeah, to get under his skin because uh, he's usually one doing it to yeah, you. Yeah, he's the one under everyone else's skin generally, but. Typically. I mean, that was a really great game to watch, uh, you know, seeing Memphis. Ja really went off towards the end of that game, took over. What do you have, 47, I want to say? Yeah, 47 uh, He was a beast on that. He was just going off. Um, but I just I don't see him do, uh, replicating that performance again. I think the Grizzlies can take maybe one more. Um, but even with that, he's going to have to play at that same level again, um, yeah. which it's just Tough. impossible to do that for four games in one series. It's hard. Uh, so I probably got, I'll take the Warriors in six this series. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to go Warriors in five, yeah. Yeah, I could go five, honestly. They just look too good. I think they're going to take both at home and then take game five in Memphis. Um, yeah. I mean, they're just too hot right now. They're pretty much unstoppable in the West, it's looking like right now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I said this, uh, I think when we did our Celtics special two weeks ago um, on that Saturday, I had Celtics Warriors in the finals. I'm rolling with that right now still. Uh, nothing's gotten in the way, so... Um, obviously, see how it works out. So I'm going to stay probably with the Warriors, and then I had the Celts. And I, I mean, I had the Bucks originally, but in this series, I have the Celts winning, so I guess I'll roll with the Celts there. Let's go. About um, time you got the Celts in your predictions. Um, I told you that I've, I've, you know, I was not too high on the Celtics beginning of the season. Obviously, they went a really mm-hmm. uh, big run. Oh, yeah, streak. things are different in December. Um, I, I wanted things to change pretty badly, too. I mean, I still, I know I'm probably going to the Celtics. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, get into everything, but, uh, I'll say, though, I, I do think they're playing really uh, well over the last three months. I think everyone can see that. Um, and I I liked Kevin Durant's uh, game and how well he played last year. That's why I had them uh, actually winning originally the Nets in that series. And now this series with Giannis, another superstar. I think the Celtics can win at seven, um, which winning the series would just be huge in general. But if you do it in less games, some more guys get rest, especially with guys like Rob Williams and uh, and uh, Marcus Smart, they could use rest. Rest days. Mm-hmm. Especially um, smart, too. I mean, huge. that was big last night, too, winning the game without smart. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Um, I mean, that's a yeah, big piece that we lost, losing our starting point guard, and being able to overcome that and win that game was huge, especially yeah. for the confidence of the team, too, going forward. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, being able to pull that off and win by 23 points without your starting point guard. Um, you're really the heart and soul of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add? We're going to get some NFL draft um, talk, too. Let's get into the NFL draft. All right, let's so start hot. Um the Giants, we can start with the Pages and the Giants. We'll start with the Pages, actually. Let's start, Let, with, the start with the Giants. I mean, they had all the first picks. They, there was way more excitement around them. It Let's was just go for unreal. It. Uh, I went home to Southie for the draft, actually. Um, and every time the NFL draft is on, it's an all-day thing for me. Luckily, this semester, I don't have class Tuesday, Thursdays. So I was able to go home on Thursday, uh, watch the draft with my family. Um, I don't remember the last time where the Giants had their first two picks, whether it was, you know, one first round or one second, whatever it was. I know we had the fifth and seventh this year. But I don't remember the last time where I was, like, so thrilled with both picks, where it was like... Mm-hmm. I mean, you you got two stars, two guys that whose names have been floated around in the top three for some time, so... I mean, yeah, we got Thibodeau and Evan Neal. I mean, Thibodeau's pick, here's the thing about that. I, I With Sam Prince, the Make-A-Wish Foundation kid who went up there, um, the Giants set up um, a way for him to announce a draft pick. Roger Goodell um, introduced him. He went up with all the energy in the world. I've never seen someone with that much energy. I wish the Giants brought that energy back up to the stage with a seventh pick. Let that kid make every pick for the Giants... Sign him to a fan engagement deal. Let that kid somehow get a role within the Giants organization because you need that energy. Uh, that was just lively energy, uh, electric, contagious energy. I loved it. I don't care who the Giants drafted with that fifth pick. I was so excited. That kid just brought yeah, that was awesome. some, just some energy that you know no one else could have brought up. Today. Roger Goodell wasn't bringing that energy uh, announcing that pick. Um, and then also Thibodeau coming out with all the confidence in the world. I love his confidence. Um, that's something the Giants have lacked ever since they traded Odell. They've had no player that uh, was really that – you know, it was stop play, but with like that attitude 
that I know the Giants didn't like with Odell, but you need someone with that, you know, oomph, some attitude to them. And that's what Cable mm-hmm. Thibodeau has. Him coming out on stage, dancing was unreal. And then Sam Prince dapping him up and both of them just screaming. That was unreal. I honestly, I, I was happy with whoever we took there just because of how much energy Sam Prince brought. And then the seventh pick, us getting Evan Neal. I was close to tears, honestly. I'm not even joking. Uh, us getting Thibodeau and Neal. Two guys I wanted the Giants to get. Obviously, I liked Aquani with Sauce Gardner. Didn't work out getting either one of them, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Aquani just a little more. Um, Neil, I, I, I like as He's well. He's still a great tack on Neil, and I think his value at seventh pick is great. Oh, huge. Um, I mean, we have Andrew Thomas at left, and then him at right now, it's huge. You know, Daniel Jones yeah, is a lot more big. closure. Um, Getting Thibodeau, we needed that pass rusher uh, off the edge. He can do speed. He can power rush. He can do either. Um, he can uh, blitz from the edge, and especially a wink Mindale system, the new Giants defensive coordinator. He loves blitzing. You have to get to quarterback quick because he sends cornerbacks all the time, so it's single coverage left and right. That's a reason I don't know. Right now we need cap money to sign these draft picks. Right now, talking about trading James Bradbury or cutting him, he's due $21 million this year. You cut him, you can save 10 But I think you need a cornerback in the system that's a number one, especially since we only drafted one cornerback in the third round, Cordell Flott. Um, I think you really need a corner that's a number one. And Bradbury, I know he didn't have too great a season last year, but two years ago, he was a pro bowler. I think you've got to keep him on the team. As of now, I think you've got to keep him just because the wink-mindale system is a lot of single coverage, and the Giants mm-hmm. really could use him uh, in the system, uh, which that's the thing. So it brings me on uh, – so first round, fifth and seventh pick, I was ecstatic. My dad was so excited. We were both just thrilled, screaming. It was unreal. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time I was that excited with the Giants draft. Um, since we have top ten picks every year, and just can't get it done. Um, second round, Wondell Robinson, wide receiver from Kentucky. Big fan of him. Very similar to Canaries, Tony. Speed guy, gadget guy. Can line up in the backfield slot, wide out. Um, come in motion. He loves doing pre-snap motions, which I know we're going to do a lot of that with Canaries, Tony. I know Brian Dable is going to be excited about that. Um, I'm really excited to see how this offense uh, looks. Uh, one thing, I was I, I was obviously psyched with Thibodeau and Neal's picks. I was thrilled the Giants didn't draft a quarterback. I don't care they didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Everyone in the world and everyone in their mother knew they weren't going to pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. I was thrilled they didn't take a quarterback because it shows this year they're locked into DJ, giving him his actual shot, giving him his chance, and that's what he ultimately deserves. They drafted um, Azudu, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Azudu, a guy from North Carolina in the third round, drafted another another. Um, North Carolina guard in the fifth round, Marcus McKeithen, another guy uh, who's a versatile. Both of those guys um, have played guardian tackle in their careers, I believe. Both projected guards at this level. Um, obviously, Neil being a right tackle. Uh, the Giants got three guys to the offensive line. Darren Beavis, a linebacker from Cincinnati. Everyone's a big fan of saying that could be a steal of the draft in the sixth round. Um, they took Daniel Bellinger, one guy predicted the Giants taking. Uh, I, think it was, I think I had them taking him in the fifth round. The Giants took that tight end. Daniel Bellinger, fourth round, very good block. He doesn't have too many catches in his career. Has good hands, though, but was really just utilized as a block at San Diego State. Um, I had the Giants taking him. They took him in the fourth round. Uh, I had the Giants taking Yusuf Korka, a safety from Kentucky. Plays very hard, just like the guys in the clip is. Very similar to that. Gives it his all. There's no one's going to hustle more than him. The Giants just signed him as an undrafted free agent yesterday. So even though I had him being drafted in the seventh round by the Giants, he was picked up by the Giants as a big pickup. Um, and then Dave Belton, a safety from Iowa, uh, so we picked up three guys for the secondary, uh, two in the draft, and obviously grabbing uh, Corker as an undrafted free agent was huge. Um, I'm psyched with all these picks. Um, I was just happy with the way everything could have gone, especially knowing the, how many times the Giants have messed up the draft. I was just thrilled, and it seems like we're hitting a turning point here with Joe Shannon and Brian Dable really getting things figured out and getting things done. Uh, that's what the Giants really mm-hmm. needed at the end of the day, especially considering the fact that uh, we have a top 10 picks you know, just about every year. And that's why I love the draft, probably just because we're always picking high. Um, and I said it's an all-day thing. But even Friday, we were out to dinner. Strager Restaurant, whole squad went out. Yeah, um, everyone was there. And I was locked into the draft, too. I had my AirPod in. People complained about that. But 
The Giants yeah, were bought a pick. I had to. They traded down twice, actually. Got good value. I'm proud of Joe Shane for that, which he said their original plan was to trade down. Um, their plan also going into the draft wasn't to draft a quarterback. So he wasn't just going to take Malik Willis just because he was there in the third round. I love that attitude. I love that energy. Shows Daniel Jones really is the guy uh, for this team for this year, and that's what we really need. Um, so I was really proud of the way the Giants did. As I said, Sam Prince, that kid's energy is electric. The Giants need to find a way to get him within the organization. I don't care what the role is. Um, that was unreal. I could have cried because I was just perfect that moment was drafting Thibodeau and then obviously getting Neil and the energy and excitement. It was unreal. Uh, mm, Patriots. Yeah, that was awesome. Please break that down. Yeah, we're going to the Patriots. Um, so first pick, pass of the 21st overall. Uh, pick in that first round. Yeah, ended up trading down uh, with the Chiefs for the number 29 pick. Dr. Cole Strange, a guard from Chattanooga. Uh, I was absolutely shocked by that pick, just like everyone else, uh, considering it was a guy that was projected to be a late second or a third-round pick. Uh, some mock drafts even had him going in the fourth round, which is kind of crazy. Um, but honestly, I mean, besides the fact that we could have just used a third-rounder realistically to get him, I actually really like the pick. Um, he's a really high-energy guy. He's aggressive. He's tough. Um, and he's being projected to start at left guard, um, you know, a hole that the Pats have after trading guard Jack Mason. Uh, so... It seems like he's a great fit in New England. Um, actually, the last time that Bill Belichick uh, drafted a guard in the first round was Logan Mankins back in 2005, uh, I believe, uh, who was also projected to be a second or third round pick at that time, and he was taken uh, in the first round anyway. Um, so I'm actually a little, I'm, I'd say I'm happier than most of this pick, uh, but still I definitely think we could have traded down and gotten more value or you know gotten someone else like uh, Trent McDuffie, who was available at, Number 21, uh, who ended up going to Kansas City. Um, and then second pick, uh, in the second round, we drafted Tyquan Thornton. I'm, uh, him, I'm, I'm a big Giants. fan of that pick. Uh, I had him going to the Giants, actually. Super fast guy, six foot two. Uh, he's got solid hands, played for Bailey. Yeah, he's actually the fastest receiver at the Combine uh, for the eight. draft. Yeah, that's impressive. We definitely need speed. Um, I mean, I think um, you know it's going to give Matt Jones an extra weapon and give us speed that he's never seen. Uh, or the Pats haven't seen in a long time, at least. Um, so I definitely think it'll help him out. And I mean, him coming from playing like uh, playing with guys like Devontae Smith and uh, you know Waddle back in his college days, um, I mean he's used to having those kind of explosive receivers. And I think it's going to help him out big time having a guy like Thornton. Um, I was a huge fan of that pick, uh, and I think he's going to be a big piece for us moving forward and could make a big impact as soon as next year. Uh, in the third round, 85th overall, we drafted Marcus Jones, a cornerback from Houston. Um, I like this pick, honestly, uh, besides the fact that he's a little bit undersized. I think he'll end up playing slot corner because of his uh, shorter size. This is another guy who's really fast. Um, and one thing the Pats defense needs is speed desperately, uh, especially in the AFC East that's really becoming more and more loaded. Um, I mean, the Chiefs, I don't even have to talk about them. But now the Dolphins, they got Tyreek Hill, um, Jalen Waddle, too. There's just so much speed in the entire division. The Jets won the draft, um, too. I mean, fact yeah, then you got the Jets now, too. Uh, just drafted Garrett Wilson. I'm worried about the Jets, actually, talent. now. I should, Zach Wilson wanted to take a step I'm not up. quite worried about them yet, just because of the I way that franchise is managed. Uh, but, I mean, their talent's going to start draft. to get serious in a couple of years. They did kill the draft. They'll go I'm not a Zach Wilson guy, but if he were to end up taking a step up somehow... The Jets are going to be a team, but I don't see it being a Super Bowl team. They're I think gonna, they're gonna their talent games. level is still a year or two away of you know draft picks from being there. If they hit on one more draft, I think they're there, but I just don't think they have enough. I mean, I'm not saying they win a Super Bowl this year. I think they could steal mm-hmm. a game. I think they could split with the Patriots and the Dolphins. Yeah, I, be, right, I, bet, the, I bet they'll division. go 6-11, 7-10 this year. That would be my bet for them. I definitely think they're going to take a step up uh, and get to a place we haven't seen from them in a few years, um, You know, that 6 or 7 win mark. Uh, and then fourth round for the Pats, Pierre Strong Jr., running back from South Dakota State. 
Interesting. Um, backs. Yeah, that was very interesting. Um, he's a solid uh, running back. I mean, played in the FCS. Uh, nothing really stood out to me about him, um, but he was the fun, uh, fastest running back in the combine, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I guess the Pats were just going for speed on this one. I kind of like having the speed back to complement Damian Harris. Um, so I felt solid with that pick. Uh, another pick we had in the fourth round, 137 overall. We drafted Bailey Zapp, QB from Western Kentucky, who had a ridiculous season. Uh, he threw the most touchdowns. Was that ever? Single, college football? Single, yeah, single, single season, season in college, college football. He had 62. Um, he with 61, I think. I was a little confused with this pick, too, just picking a cornerback. Uh, but I think it's time the Pats find a backup quarterback, and if they believe that this is the guy to do it, I'm all with it because realistically we can't keep signing Hoyer to one-year deals forever, and we can't hang on with Stidham if we don't believe that he can play in the NFL. Um, so if they believe that Zapp is a guy to be able to do that, I'm not worried about Matt Jones' job security at all. I like that pick. Uh, moving on to the sixth round, we drafted Kevin Harris, a running back from South Carolina. Um, I was surprised by this pick, getting another running back. Uh, he's more of a power rusher. Um, not too much on him. There's questions whether or not he's going to make the roster being picked so low. Uh, that goes for our 200th overall pick, Sam Roberts, a D-tackle from Northwest Missouri State. Um, another classic Bill Belichick pick, a guy that wasn't really talked about and seen in mock drafts at all. Uh, you know, coming from a school at Northwest Missouri State. Honestly, I haven't heard of that school before. Uh, and then... Had second last pick, uh, last pick of the draft. They drafted Jason Hines, a guard from LSU. Kind of like seeing another um, guard. I mean, he's 6'2", 327. Um, he's got a solid build. Uh, I mean, these are all potential guys at this point, so we'll have to see before I, you can really make a decision on whether that was a good pick or not. And then our final pick of the draft, seventh round, 245 overall, we drafted Andrew Stuber, uh, an offensive tackle from Michigan, uh, actually from Darien, Connecticut. Um, I mean, another potential pick, too. Um he was a solid piece of Michigan's O-line, who uh, they had one of the best offensive lines in the country this past season in college football. Um, so obviously can't complain at that. I think it'll be a solid pick, uh, but I wouldn't expect him to crack the lineup anytime soon, especially with the uh, first-round pick being used on Cole Strange and then the rest of our offensive line is set from last year. Um, so overall, I'm not psyched with the past draft, but um, there's a couple picks here and there that are really like, you know, with Tyquan Thorne, I think that's going to be huge. Um, so I've been happier with previous drafts uh, with the Pats, but I mean I'm not going to complain about this one. I feel fine with it, um, and I think a lot of these pieces are going to be impactful moving forward. I think they might have listened to the show last week. I had the Giants taking Tyquan Thorne in my mock, um, so I was yeah, a big fan of him. And then I also talked about Bailey Zappi at the end of last episode. Um, obviously, I think he's coming in just to be the backup. I think the Panthers are going to hold on to him for a year or two, and then when a needy team needs a quarterback, it could be like a Jimmy G situation where you trade him. Uh, just, you know, whatever you could get third round. You got him in the fourth round. So if you get a third round from for QB needy team that thinks they could develop him, who mm. knows? Um, I think yeah, especially if it's kind of Jimmy G's. Um, yeah, well, like you were saying, like he comes in for a few games. Um, that's probably what it could be. Turns um, and then all of a sudden we get a first rounder out of it. If Mac ever got hurt, probably what that plan was. Um, and then Marcus Jones, yeah, I think I talked to him yeah. two weeks ago uh, when I was doing the Giants uh, ideal draft situation. Fan him, very good corner. Um, had a very good Jaeger tackle. He's a little smaller. He can make tackles, though. Plays hard in the run game as well. Um, you need in the NFL uh, a lot of balls. A lot of the run plays, they bring the ball to the outside. Um, so you got to be able to make plays out there. Um, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. too, um, facts are in. Obviously, who knows how all these picks are going to play out. But I think my draft win is obviously the Giants getting Thibodeau and Neil. Ideal draft getting a starting left tackle. I mean, right tackle. 
could play left, but right tackle, and then also getting a, a premier edge rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau. Going to transform the Giants' defense. I think that's huge. Um, I think the Jets won the draft just with their first round. Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, and Garrett Wilson, three unreal draft picks. The Jets should be proud of themselves. They actually killed the draft. And also adding Brees Hall, get another running back in there. Uh, I know they have Michael Carter. I think Brees Hall's better. So you can always, you, if you take a running back one, mm-hmm. that's your running back one. It's really a running back Either two. Either way, it just helps out two good running backs in today's NFL. I mean, it makes your running back two better. Enough. When you, when you bring in another mm-hmm. guy, that could be a one. So, um, obviously it helps them. The Lions had a great draft. Aiden Hutchinson at number two. Obviously, Trayvon Walker going at one. Uh, I didn't have him going in any of my mocks at one. And then, yes, uh, right before the draft, I did a quick mock. Um, and I actually had him going one because I was reading that um, they were kind of walked into getting him there. So, mm-hmm. uh, them trading back in to get James Williams at 12. Right before the Eagles picked at 13, the Eagles got Jordan Davis, which was a great draft pick. The Eagles had an unreal draft, getting him at 13. Adding A.J. Brown. I thought A.J. Brown was... Uh, Give that was a good choice for them. Um, that other $25 was too much for him, especially a guy that gets hurt. Um, but then at the end of the day, they need to hire I mean, pairing him with Devontae Smith, that's a deadly duo. Yeah, so. I mean, they, they, they wanted to obviously uh, spread the field. I don't know what the Titans are really doing. Traylon Burks, um, good wide receiver from Arkansas, but now becomes like a project where you're restarting, looking for another number one receiver. And then obviously factor in, getting Malik Wills in the third round. I know Ryan Tannehill was not a fan of that. Um, yesterday in his press conference, um, he was not happy with it, really. said he wasn't going to be a mentor. mentor. That was nuts to um, me, I mean... So, That's not a good start to the season for the Titans, I think. No, um, but I was happy. Top in the QB room. I was happy the Lions traded up, got James and Williams. That was huge. Uh, the Ravens had an unreal draft, letting Kyle Hamilton follow them at 14, and also uh, grabbing Tyler Lindebaum uh, in the middle of the 20s. I think it was like 25. Grabbing him, grabbing, mm-hmm. grabbing a starting center, a starting safety, especially with the secondary that gets hurt a ton with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey both here in the ACLs last year. <laughs> it was huge getting both of those. Uh, guys, especially getting a starting center, as I said, and a starting safety. The Eagles had a great draft. I was grabbing Jordan Davis at 13. Uh, he'll transform the defense. Now the Fletcher Cox is getting old. And then also factor in them grabbing N'Kobe Dean, I think in the fourth or fifth round, uh, which is huge. That's a big-time value pick, too. N'Kobe Dean, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, it's actually nuts that he went that late. Uh, third round it was, but regardless, um, I knew I thought it was day three, but it was must have been the end of the I mean, he almost two. went day one. Um, People were calling him. I thought... Was Some people said he could have been picked up the past. Just small. A couple mock drafts. Small, six foot. As a linebacker, really 5'11", six foot. Small to be a linebacker in today's day, especially since most linebackers um, drop back in coverage a lot. It's mm-hmm. tough to be 5'11", since they're going to throw over the top on you. Um, anyway, some surprise in the draft. Green Bay, North Kansas City went wide receiver in the first round after they lost Devontae Adams to uh, Tyree Kill. I was surprised by that. Um, Malik Willis not coming in the first round was a shock to most people. It wasn't really a shock to me. I, I didn't think any quarterback. I had him going in my first round mocks just because all the hype was around him throwing a football in shorts. Uh, which I don't get the the combine uh, hype really. Guy throwing no, the video of him like throwing in the hotel hallway or something like that. Though he's throwing seventy yards at shorts. Like, come on, yeah. give me a break. Um, he ended up going third round, eighty six over the Titans. Um, I don't really like any quarterback in this year's draft. I'm thrilled with the Giants staying with Daniel Jones. He was he would have been my first pick in this year's draft. A quarterback um, had I need a quarterback. I think he would have been the best one. I think Mac Jones would have been the best one. Um, I think any of easily any of those quarterbacks from last year. Yeah, I mean Kenny Pickett going um, twenty first out of every quarterback. I mean um, that's, that's when you know it's. You know, not really that special in draft class. Looking forward to next year's, though. I mean, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, Phil Dracovic's name has actually been floated around, which is that. kind of surprising, but we'll see how it goes, obviously. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Lions trading back in again. James Williams was a great trade. They didn't have to give him an extra first, which is crazy. Trayvon Walker going number one was a surprise, I guess, but at the end of the day, I guess they were really reading into his uh, combine and how big he is, how, how athletic he is, how he's a freak um, athletically, and how gifted he is. 
um, with his physical attributes. So I guess that makes sense him going there at one if they think that he could transform to being the pass rusher they need in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayvon not falling to five was a surprise since he was really going top three in most mocks until the personality issues. I love his personality. I, I, I think it's absolutely great. Odell Beckham was tweeted out by Art Stapleton, a Giants beat writer, saying that big personalities are welcome back in New York. So you wouldn't be surprised if Odell came back to the Giants, he wrote. This was on draft night at 11.30 in the first round. Odell wrote back to him, they got that pick right, didn't they, type of thing. Like, I think this boy's the real deal. And then Art Stapleton wrote back to him something like, you know, big personalities are welcome or whatever in New York. So you're always welcome back. And, and Odell wrote back again. So I actually think there's a chance Odell were to come back. It would make my life. We got Neil Thibodeau in and got Odell back. Yeah, I'd be thrilled. I would be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. Derek Stanley going number three to Houston. That's a surprise. I guess, you know, he had a great 2019, 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no all potential, that pick. Um, I, thought, I think Sauce Scott is the best corner I've drafted. I would take him in a three there if I was the Texans. They're going to go corner. Um, I would have went offensive line just considering how bad their offensive line is, but what can you do? Um, the Patriots drafted Cole Strange. Obviously, teams at third-round grade zone for the most part. Um, I know the Rams, I think, would get at 104. At the end of the day, where guys drafted um, is just a number at the end of the day. Um, and if he plays mm-hmm. up to his potential, which he could be. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Pass might know something that someone else don't. Uh, other teams don't. I mean, so. that's the thing. I think the Patriots said that they thought that other teams had him higher on their board, so they were worried about maybe not getting them. And I know the Giants drafted Daniel Jones at 6 because they were worried about him being taken by Washington at 15. So I guess if you can't trade down, which the Patriots already did trade down from 21 to 29, so I guess you get some value. You, better than taking him at 21, I guess. Um, I think he mm-hmm. definitely could yeah, be a solid piece. Uh, I think Bill Belichick always has a plan and knows what he's doing. I know my friend Timmy Loft yeah, just he asked, thinks too uh, what do you think of the pick? He asked me what I think of the pick. I, you know, I think you know, it could have been um, taking a 21. So I'm taking a 29 and getting the extra pick out of it's huge. Um especially considering the fact that uh, the Patriots need offensive line. Now, I think a linebacker would have been huge in Patriots. Not drafting a linebacker was surprising, um, which uh, who knows what their game plan is there with Dante Hightown getting older and Van Noy getting cut. Um, and also Judon not playing really well in the last five games of the season. He was non-existent. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting not going linebacker there, especially to Kobe Dean. He's in with third round. I would have taken if I was the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Just I, I just think big, there were bigger needs this year uh, for this upcoming season. I think speed's right? very important in that linebacking group, which they the Giants need more. And of that we need well. to speed everywhere else, though. Receiver, uh, defensive back, linebacker. I mean, Max not going to throw all 50 guys out if you have Jerry Rice running out. That's the thing. Uh, so I don't know if speed was. I think speed's needed wide out, but I, Max, you know, giving him a 4 2 8, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference in the deep ball game, personally, in my eyes. I mean, he had some great deep um, balls last year. I mean, he's not going to throw all 50 yards, probably, though, is he? That's I mean, we saw him do it at Alabama. We saw him do it a couple times last year, too. So just giving them weapons, I bet. Uh, no, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I think it's a good pick. Um, at the end of the day, um, but uh, Georgia set the record actually with 17 plays draft in the draft. Um, obviously, only one quarterback going in the first round was really interesting. No tight ends or running backs on the first round, different than the last few years. Obviously, with both mm-hmm. of those, all I mean, those there's no really big names not being valued. None of those, yeah. none of those things were really valued in the first round. None of those positions. I thought Kushner's Cam Hayward's brother was drafted by the Steelers. Actually, Connor Hayward. Now they'll be teammates. I think that's really cool. Um, this marked the sixth and second of the year. The Rams didn't have a first round pick. The next time they have a first round pick is in 2024. So it just shows that I guess you can trade every first round and you win a Super Bowl out of it. It's worth I mean, it. Hey, that's what you um, play the game for, Super Bowls. So that's the thing. Worked out for them. Um, and really quickly, just running over some surprises. Veron McKinley, safety from Oregon, not getting drafted. It was interesting. Justin Ross obviously had his medical issues. He wasn't drafted at all. Um, just signed with the Chiefs. It's surprising to see Alex Lindstrom not drafted. Lindstrom, I, I thought he was going to be a third or fourth rounder. Donovan Smith. Uh, Donovan Smith, not Donovan Smith. Uh, Donovan West uh, also went undrafted. A center from Arizona State that was highly regarded. Usually, I think it's him a day three pick, kind of like Lindstrom. Interesting, neither one of the guys would take him, but I guess it just means centers really aren't highly valued. It's just true. I mean, Lindebaum, they say, was the best center prospect 
um, in, 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 in decades, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he only went at 25. So Senna's just not valued really too heavily in today's game. Even though it's important, obviously they, they call up blitzes, very important in the run game too. Um, it's important to have communication between the center and the quarterback, but there's not highly regarded, I guess, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindstrom yeah, actually signed with says. Dallas uh, Cowboys. Petrua signed with the Browns. Tyler Vrabel signed with the Falcons. Zion Johnson obviously went 17th in the Charges. Great draft pick for him, uh, for them, actually. They, they, they could use Both, him for the yeah, um, he's a great player. And then Isaiah Graham Mobley signed with Carolina. And Mike Palmer uh, just got a mini camp visit um, with the New Orleans Saints. And I can't remember where Trey Barrett, I think it was the Bra- uh, Bears. I think it was the Falcons, Trey Barrett. Falcons. Let's see. I think it was the Bears. I thought it was the Bears at least, but I guess we'll have to see. Um, Trey Barry wasn't drafted as well. Um, so a lot of DC guys that entered the draft were not drafted. Um, let me see what Trey Barry wins. It's actually a great question. Uh, before we close, because I'm not sure. Let's see, mm-hmm. Trey Barry. I think it was the biggest top of the head, but Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm not seeing it anywhere. Oh, okay. Arizona uh, Cardinals. All right, not bad. Um, so let's see a recap of where all the BC guys went in the draft. Obviously, yeah, I mean, uh, only one guy was drafted. Surprising to see one guy drafted, especially with the O-line that we had this season. I, def- I thought definitely Lindstrom would be drafted, and then at least one of Petrula and Brady would get drafted. But, I mean, here we are. I'm sure they'll all make the most of their opportunity. Uh, I'm getting signed as undrafted free agents by those respective teams. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and uh, with that, we'll wrap up another week. Uh, crazy to say this will be 20, but uh, thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, I mean, we love coming out here and talking sports, so thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll hopefully see you next week. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, as always, every week, I always give my shout-outs. Shout-out to the Loftus family, the Keith family, uh, all my family and friends. My mom and dad listen in every week. They're very active with it. Timmy Loft is very active with the text. My uncle, very active. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, my cousin Cobb, thank you always for listening in. Auntie Lisa, the O'Malley family. Um, my boy Steven, he's been listening in uh, since day one. Uh, the sports guru, Mike Curley, Mark Walsh, all my boys. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, all my boys with softball, Stanley and softball, thank you guys for listening in. Um, it, was, it was actually funny. I want to say Christian and JD too. Christian and JD as well, on. I was going to say. Thank you guys for coming on and being guests. Um, it's interesting, though, Stanley and softball. Uh, they all listened down. That was great that they uh, knew I was a Clippers fan. They all found it interesting, which was great. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening in to another week. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll be back next week, May 11th. Um, I actually only have one final, and it's online next week, May 11th. So yeah, I think I'll be here. week next week. We'll see how things work out, but I think I'll be here for one more week. Um, so thank you guys for listening in. Appreciate it. We have some surprise episodes over the summer, too. Celtics and Bruins are doing good. See how it goes. Obviously, the Bruins are down two zip now, so hopefully, they can cover. Yeah, but, maybe not um, the Bruins. Tell us, hey. Sports Guru Micro will be on no matter what. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Stay safe and well. And obviously, as I've done every week, uh, our thoughts and prayers with the Ukraine. Hopefully, things get better there soon. Uh, It's just crazy how long it's been going on. I couldn't imagine um, what it's like being there. Um, So, our thoughts and prayers with them. Thank you guys.